Welcome to the Christian Foundry Podcast, where iron sharpens iron for the glory of God, the exaltation of Christ, and the edification of the saints. That's how you do it right there. That's how you do it. Is that how you do it? That's great. That's right. how you do it. Well, we want to win. <laughs> <laughs> Two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of the Christian Foundry Podcast, brought to you by the heartbeat of Japan. The 1985 Honda Accord that lasted is about as long as stain-washed jeans, apparently, because yeah. they're making a comeback. Just like Jesus, Denim, he Denim, came Denim. in his own Accord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we have a good time. Oh, yeah. We were supposed to start this an hour ago, but we got to talking and got laughing. talking about first cars. First cars, yeah. Making jokes. Oh, man. Ryan's first car that he misses is an 85 Honda Accord. Yep. The heart drove with Japan. no clutch for three months. <laughs> yeah, who needs Black, clutch? No clutch whatsoever. <laughs> who really needs a clutch? Those are just recommended. Yeah. Recommended. Mm-hmm. And and you miss that car. I do, actually. Oh. Isn't that funny? The nostalgia we tie to things like yeah. our first car. I paid five hundred bucks for that car and man, I took that thing everywhere. Man. No clutch. I'd get in it and go anywhere. Does the five hundred car still exist? Put five hundred dollar no. car. Is, I, I think I a five hundred dollar so. car is so. now a five thousand dollar car. Yeah, yeah, at least. So. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a shame. It's fun to beat up five hundred dollar cars. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big misconception. There's a big misconception out there that you can buy a car for five hundred dollars that works these days. Yeah. <laughs> which wow. may just segue right into our episode today. Biblical Man. misconceptions. Biblical misconceptions. You see how we made that fresh that was transition so smoothly right out of good, good job, job Steven. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I didn't know it was a real thing. Sorry, <laughs> Joe. <I didn't... laughs> What'd you say? I said he, Joe. He called, he called you Joe. Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get you a segue. Starting off on the right foot. We there need we you go. a segue, Joe. Joe no. All right, we we segued well, and then yeah. we lost Derailed. all control. Here. <laughs> well, well is relative, but okay. But yeah, we are talking about misconceptions from the Bible, and if you guys don't care, I'm going to go ahead and start off with one. Yeah. Because the only reason I want to start off because I'm actually preaching about this tomorrow, and it has to do with our money. Money. There's a big misconception out there that says money is the root of all evil. Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) the the problem with that is if money were evil, then we'd all be... Like, broke, we would be hungry, we would be... That would mean using money or having any money at all would be would sinful. Be, would be sinful. Yeah. 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 So That's not going to work. Yeah. Everybody in the history of the world that has ever said money is the root of all evil has used money on a daily basis, I'm yeah. sure, in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Right? So it well, can't be evil. That's your sinning daily, using money. So, yeah. you're. Uh, so I'm preaching out of Luke 16, and... It's it's about the dishonest manager and how he did all this money and and you know was dishonest with it and uh, Jesus actually acknowledges in there if you read carefully and study this out that he understands the value of money himself because he wants us to be wise with our money mm-hmm. yeah. he wants us to steward our money well because really essentially everything we have including our money is on loan from God we are borrowing it all so we mm-hmm. must be good stewards. Use that money to help people in need, help people in any way, shape, or form, whatever the case may be. So money is not evil in and of itself. 
So if we were to go to First Timothy chapter six, verse ten, all oh, y'all went to Luke sixteen, didn't yeah. you? <laughs> My bad. You, you can turn it's there in the morning. Bible drills. Uh, yeah, Bible drills. First Timothy chapter six, verse ten. It, this just takes a, a simple reading of the scriptures to understand that money is not the root of all evil. Yeah. It says, uh, read all of the scripture. Yeah. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Yeah. So, so, so right there, just, just reading the scripture, it, it's a misquoted scripture. Is absolutely. And it's constantly misquoted. You, you hear, you never hear the love of money. You always hear money right. as the root of all. Right. And, and, they just take I mean, the first three words off of it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So basically taking the scriptures out of complete context and now making it seem like if you spend money on anything that mm-hmm. or, you're, you're or if you work hard to get money. Right. Yeah. You know, that I think a lot of times is the connotation there is like, you know, don't don't chase money and hear me, you know, don't hear me say go after every dime you can get. The the problem here is the desire, right? The the craving of money. You know, you got to, you read, yeah, you read uh, the first part of 10 there, but you've got to continue and read the entire verse. And the problem, it's through this craving, it's the craving for money. And and the connotation there is we're putting the desire to get money above other things, yep. above, specifically above things for, you know, God's will. It's become so an idol. It's become an idol. In yeah. many people's lives. And the Bible is clear. We should not make idols for ourselves. Um. Also, it's all throughout Scripture we see a man that doesn't work doesn't eat. Yep. And how do we eat today? Gotta you have money. to purchase it. And if you were to go buy a dozen large eggs that used to cost like sixty nine cents, they're going to be five dollars and forty three cents now. <laughs> so even a dozen large eggs are going to cost you some money. That may be 24 eggs. Either way, that's high for the great value eggs. Yeah, yeah. But you're still going to have to pay money to eat just eggs, which yeah. is the simplest food you can but purchase yeah, and, and some you, of the cheapest food you can purchase. And if you want to go hunting, you have to you got to buy the part yeah, of the thing. Most of us are not sharpening sticks and throwing them anymore. <laughs> or or yeah. making your own arrows at home. There yeah. are some of you that are, but we are not. Yeah. Um, also, there, the Bible talks about a man that doesn't provide for his family. Uh, that man is sinful. Uh, I can't think of any other way than provide for your family, than provide for them shelter and, and food and, and, and things that, like that. that. Now hierarchy or needs and food's the first thing we talk yeah, about. And right? what you're saying is sometimes people go outside of their means to live above what they can afford and try to have the best of everything. We see people like this. That is, I think you, you end up making money and idle so you can have, other idols in your life, yeah. right? So money becomes the essential thing. That's why we see m- men and women alike that are burning the midnight oil. I mean, they're, they're, they're working all day, all night, working 15, 16 hours a day, trying to get that corner office promotion. They're doing all they can, and they're just chasing the almighty dollar. And living off that Visa card. And, yeah, and living off that Visa card. You're right. Uh, now, this doesn't mean that if you have money and nice things that you're in sin. Right. Right, so we there are people that have beautiful homes and and really nice cars and and can afford those five dollar and something cent twenty four <laughs> eggs and all these things and they are living a humble Christian life. They're not living in it to show off. They're not living in it to 
uh, or driving it to show off. It's just they can afford it. It's their preference. They're giving to the church. Uh, they love the Lord. So money doesn't equal sinfulness. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. not a question of the money being sin. It's it's the priorities. The, the motives. Yeah. The yeah. motives. Yeah. So it's, it, it's all about your heart. Yeah. It's a heart issue for real. For real. For real. <laughs> for, like real. For, real. For, for real. For real. For real. For real. For real. For real. FR, FR. We should start talking like the kids <laughs> Texas day. <laughs> Texas. LOL. <laughs> Lol. Lol. Uh, R L O L. R O L O L. Rolling on the floor. Like, no, I, I butchered that. <laughs> There's a lot of words in there. It's, wow. Sorry. It's spelled ruffle. floor with an L. Ruffle. It's, it's called ruffle. Um, but yeah, so that's one big misconception. And I, I don't think we need to spend a whole lot of time dragging this one out. I mean, it's clear in the scriptures. And many people that make that love of money a priority, it says that they are, they walk away from the things of God. They walk away from faith. They walk away and they, they get themselves into many grievances mm-hmm. over the love of money. Pierced themselves with many pangs. What, yeah. is, what does that mean? Well, you know, the, the desires become so great that you suffer from it, like, and we've seen this. We've we've seen families destroyed because a man spends all his time at work yep. and none of his time with his family, yep. um, chasing that dollar. Yeah, you know, work hard, go to work, work hard, yeah. do your job for sure. So in 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 converse, we hear we see that Jesus' own words in the Sermon on the Mount is, "Do not lay up your treasures on earth, uh, where moth rust and destroy or uh, moth and rust destroy, and where thieves may break in and steal." Later down, it tells you that to lay up your treasures in heaven. Like we see a converse, like it's not about what's on the earth. It's about what you're laying up in, uh, for your trip, for yourself in heaven. Yeah. Keeping your eyes on the father, keeping your eyes on the things of we, the father. Uh, uh, and we've talked about this in, in another podcast before, but we think so short term Yeah, as, yeah. as yep. humans, we think so short term. Yep. Um, if we really thought long term, eternal, you know, eternal things matter. And, and stuff here is just, it's a vapor, you know, mm-hmm. it'll be gone. Like that, just like our life, like like, my, like my ability to snap. <laughs> it's gone. Oh, you have uh, a band aid, eh. like a vapor. <laughs> We're not going to discuss I, why you have a band aid. I, I don't know why. I mean, I, I have a spot there that's split open, but I tend to hurt myself and not know how or why. And why other I'm things, wrenching on stuff or whatever. Muscles. Are you the Hulk? <laughs> Hulk <laughs> angry. Yeah. You were like me when I'm angry. When we, a lot of times, you see so many people today, well, I mean, we've seen it for a long time, but the old term, keeping up with the Joneses, Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people that see their neighbors have a fancy, flashy boat or car or whatever, Mm -hmm. bigger house, and they're like, they just can't stand it. We all do that occasionally to some extent. Sure. You know, it's hard. It's it's very common for us to do that. But man, when you let go of that. Oh, that's just a freeing thing. Though. Yeah. Well, here's be the happy thing. for other people. Exactly. You know, that's celebrate, great, man. That's celebrate so cool other that. successes. Wow, yeah. yeah. What a concept. Can, yeah. When you can look at somebody and say, man, I am so happy that you got this promotion or man, you this are. house is awesome. I'm what? so happy for you to be able to do this and afford this and have this. This is great. Um, I, you know, so I, I deal with very successful people very often. I fly airplanes for a living. Did you fly yeah. over my house yesterday in a new jet? Uh, I, no, I didn't fly yesterday. Okay. Actually, we yeah. waved at it just in case. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so Justin, no, but but whenever you fly over, there, just look down. You Steven, know, maybe there. Yeah, that that this idea, of, like, be happy that these people are successful. Yeah, you know, um, 
from in my case, I'm happy that the owner is successful. I have a job and hundreds of other people do because he's successful at what yeah. he does, you know. Um I, you know, why why be jealous of that? Yeah. You know. Have y'all seen the the it's a cartoon drawing on Facebook and this this helps tie this all together and then we can move on to another one. It's this person that's in this really nice vehicle. It's like, oh, I just wish I had a new car or whatever. And then it's like somebody that's driving an old hoopty. It's like, man, I wish I had that car. And then there's somebody that's on a bike that's like, oh, I wish I had that hoopty. And then there's somebody that's walking that's like, I wish I had that bike. Right? It's That's the pattern of the world is we always have to have more and the newest and greatest and latest thing. But in reality, and there's the guy sitting there that says, I wish I had those legs. Right. Yeah, I think you're (laughs) right. There is a guy in the wheelchair. Um, So that that brings me to think about the person that wishes they had a new car that's got a really nice one. What if they turned around and helped this person with no legs, help them, give them money to eat, give them money to, you know, not just give your money away, be wise about it, obviously. But instead of throwing all your money at a newer, bigger, better car, Look behind you. Look at the people you could be helping instead of trading in a perfectly good car, getting in more debt or whatever, or you spending more money. There's so much more you could be doing for the glory of God mm-hmm. and the benefit of others. Well, you know, Stephen, the Lord only helps those who help themselves. Oh, oh boy. Oh, oh. Well, that's a segue into our next one. <laughs> okay. Here we go. See, what a segue. You see how I did that? <laughs> we are kings of segues today. <laughs> We're just going to get a Actually, we need guys. a picture of all of us on segues. <laughs> Or just, on one well, let's be clear. Christ is king. Yes. We are not. Amen. Um, we are the the men of segways. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't yeah, that kind of fell on its yeah, face. Okay. Well, Ryan, since you... Pay for effort. <laughs> <laughs> you caught along finally. Ah! No. no, really, Matt, you make a good point. Good job, Jose. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's Josephus. Thank you. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the Jewish war? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you bring up another one. Yes. God helps those who help themselves. Where is that in the Bible? Anybody got one? Uh, Second Opinions 5. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I do have something. Okay. Psalm 121, a song for the ascents. Okay. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Whence will my help come? My help is from Yahweh, maker of heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who protects you will not slumber. Look, he will not slumber and he will not sleep. He who protects Israel. Yahweh is your protector. Yahweh is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not strike you by day nor the moon by night. Yahweh will protect you from all evil. He will protect your life. Yahweh will protect your going out and your coming in from now until forever. Can I ask what translation you just Yeah, read? me too. Is that the LSB? You know what? I don't even know what I just used. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, that was the Lexham English Bible. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, it had to LS- be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I pulled up a real quick app on Logos. So you might want to give that in a better translation. Which one was it? Psalm 121. 21. Great radio. I I think it was a great translation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, then no need. The Lord. Right. Provides. Provides. But does he only provide for those that help themselves? Like. He provides for those who patiently no, he, wait. Well, he, he provides for those who can't help themselves. Yeah, like we see well, that. Here's well, the thing that's wrong with that statement. It starts with you, as in yourself. Yeah. Well, the, the issue is, um, yes, the Lord does provide for people who do for themselves, but He also provides for the people that He is charged to wait patiently. If He has declared and told you to wait patiently for something, then that is what you are to do. 
like he will provide in that time. And, but everyone's different. Yeah. Like there are some people who have to wait patiently and that is what they are charged to do. There are other people who are called to action and they have to go. Being faithful to the Lord is what will, is where he provides. Yeah. I like, uh, there's a note in my Bible. I have a MacArthur study Bible and, uh, the, the note on it says the psalmist does not look to the creation, but rather the creator for help. You know, when we we're saying, and when we say that, um, that the Lord helps those who help themselves, we're saying that, that we're looking at the creation itself to, to kind of kickstart this process, right. Of, of receiving help from the Lord. And there are, man, there are times when there ain't nothing you can do to help yourself. No. You need God to do yeah. what God does, you know? Yeah. So that's a, I mean, I think yeah. a lot of, I'll go ahead, I, I think it's, a, this is an assumed biblical, um, concept that's, you know, where is, it? where, where are you even pulling that from? <laughs> like, I think that's yeah. what we show should it do to me with in each scripture. of these, you know, that's we should, the, yeah. we should say if it's even in there or not and yeah. have the verse for it, you know? Yeah. So this one, not in there. No, it's not you in can't there. Can't find it. Or were you about to say Mason? Well, a lot of people, you know, they use this to kind of justify themselves mm-hmm. in front of God. Well, you can't. You're an unrighteous sinner in front of a righteous, holy God. I mean, we pray in Jesus' name only because He is the only righteous one that can justify us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what you're saying is these people are working out a works-based salvation. I would say so, yes. I've heard a lot from many people that... To get with right with God, you have to be clean yourself, but you can't clean yourself. You can't. No. no. Well, even as a believer, all of us have done this before where we may have slipped into a season of sin or something, and then we think we're going to work our way back into right standing with God. Yeah. And we have to read enough, you know, Bible. We have to pray more. We have to do more and get more involved, get to church every, every yeah. time the doors open. Yeah. We got to be there 20 minutes. We early. should be there. Those are good things. But we should have the proper motivation, the proper motivation. Yeah. yeah. The problem with this statement is it's, it's saying that if I hold up my end of the bargain, yeah. God has to hold up his. Yeah. It's almost like we are making a covenant with God. But if you look through the covenants of scripture, God makes covenants with man God initiates those covenants. God is the only one that really essentially keeps those covenants. Yeah. Where can you find that bargain in scripture? Yeah. <laughs> so you can't. So we're essentially saying, God, I've done this. Now you have to help me. It's that yeah. idea of God. You get me out of this. Yeah. And I'll, yeah. I'll be faithful. If you yeah. get me out of this. Oh, yeah. Well, here's, here's what this leads to. I've seen this in real life is if somebody is needing help, maybe, maybe they did make a bad decision, but we know that somebody's bad decision we're one breath away from that same thing. Yeah. Sure. Right. So we see somebody in, 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 in that is really in a bad situation. They may have brought it upon themselves and we say, Hey, we need to help these people. We need to be there for them. We need to yep. pull them back. And then somebody will say, why would we help them? Why would we, they won't help them. So if they're not going to help themselves, God only helps and those that help themselves. That's and, really centered around selfishness. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know. I think it's centered around selfishness, pridefulness yeah uh i think it's centered centered around Ooh, let me just say this i think it's centered around unregenerate people because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. if not for the grace of god there go i yeah and i will say at the very least maybe a believer that is ignorant of the scriptures and yeah. i I'm not, i say ignorant in a way that you just don't know them right. or understand them right. not in a way That's that you're derogatory as a person. Yeah. yeah that is just ignorant of the scriptures and doesn't know any better Maybe that's one of those things that we're, what's what we're talking about today is misconceptions that we have yeah. we've lo- heard and grown up with. Yeah, and, and you see this in the church. Yeah. I mean, you do yeah. see this yeah. when when people are talking about helping someone. 
well, what have they done to, to as, as we're getting a light show in the <laughs> studio here, uh, what have they done to, to take steps to move in the right direction? Or, yeah. Well, you know, they may not be able to stand up to take a step right now. They yeah. need, they need us to help yep. to get pointed down the, the path, you know? Well, a lot of that comes from our common culture too, about pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps. Right. Yeah. 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 And they're mixing yeah. worldviews together, like and that's we, not how yeah. it right. works. And, and that's a very Western idea. Yeah. Um, you know, there are other cultures that that don't have the same belief that we do, and yeah. uh, you know, helping yourself yeah. and doing everything for yourself. There's yeah, the you know, e- some cultures that it's you know your family comes around you and everybody yeah. helps. Every, you know, yeah. The Eastern mindset is very collective, whereas the we- the Western mindset is very individualistic. It's, yeah. You got you got to take care of yourself, and that's it. Like as yeah. long as you take care of number one, you're good. Yeah. Whereas the Eastern mindset is, oh wait, my cousin's suffering and needs an issue. Let me go help him. Just look at the difference in how yeah. we treat our elderly. Joe, oh, that's man. a great point you make. The West is really good at meology. Yeah. But we're really bad at theology. Yeah. And we see this in these old things that we've heard all of our lives. Yeah. So, uh, just a, a, look out for. Yeah, and they say if they're not going to help themselves, then God's not going to do it either. Well, your number one is wrong. Your number yeah, one is the wrong God. number one. Yeah. How arrogant to think that you can say that God's not going to do something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to speak for God. God he does yeah. what he wills. The very breath that we breathe is a help from God, and we did nothing, absolutely nothing, to earn it or deserve it. And even That's even true. in that, we take that for granted. The yeah. fact that we can breathe. We don't Squeeze. produce oxygen on our own. Yeah. We just <laughs> stayed alive because the creator of the universe allowed it. Because uh, yeah. he willed that it. to yeah. happen. <laughs> yep. And, and the problem, too, with this whole mindset is we the, the, the ultimate goal should be to help people and bring them into a hearing and understanding of the gospel, hopefully. At least proclaiming the gospel. God does the, the stirring in the hearts and the minds and things like that. But if we're so arrogant to not help somebody, then that means we're not sharing the gospel with them either. Well, and then our our religion is a bad religion as well because we're told to help others. Yeah. Like James tells us exactly what good religion looks yeah. like, and it's helping out orphans and widows, but to an extension, people who need help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of religious people in our world, especially in the West, that if they were to open their Bibles to Matthew five forty five, they would get a swift punch in the face, mm-hmm. right? What did y'all say earlier that Mike Tyson said everybody's got a plan until they get punched, in the, get punched right. in the face? This is a punch in the face. Listen to this. Uh, I'm just going to start here. For he makes his son, this is God, for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. So he, what he's saying here is there is common grace out there for both the believer and the unbeliever. So we could essentially say that the unbelievers even, those that aren't going to help themselves, those that care nothing about God, the ones that we should be reaching, God is even going to send the rain on them. Mm-hmm. He's going to send the sun on them. They're going to, they're going to, this common grace is for everyone. Mm-hmm. So for us to have this arrogance to say that he's only going to help those who help themselves is a very false statement. So, yep. And do you think that's possibly where we get the idea of that we have to walk the aisle? Like, cause we have to do something. Joe, we, that may be good. Yeah. That be. may be a good, uh, a good thought good, that, yeah. that, cause we have to do There's definitely a connection. Yeah. There. yeah. And, and you said it earlier, Mason, it, you said that, uh, people think they got to clean themselves up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
And I think that's a thing too. Well, I'm going to help myself. I'm going to clean up. Yeah. I'm going to start the ball rolling and then, you know, hopefully God will and, pick and then, it up from and there. And maybe he'll pick it up. I, I used to think that way. Yeah. I think- Before I got saved, obviously, but it, I used to think, oh man, I got to clean myself up before I can go to church or before I can, you know, get right with God. I have to be clean. Can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we really have to remember what God said when going into the new covenant. I will put my spirit in you. Mm-hmm. I will create you clean in heart. I will yeah. remove yeah. your heart of stone and put in a heart of flesh. Yeah, yeah. that's theology. Praise God yeah, for that. That's, that's, the, good, that's good and right yeah. theology. And that's, not even not even the new covenant. Well, even yeah, the old. Well, think covenant. about the Abrahamic covenant. Yeah. And I know we're God, getting Abraham had nothing to do. Abraham, with Abraham. He made the covenant with Abraham, but what happened when it came time that to seal the deal asleep? on this covenant? He was asleep. And and the the halves of the animals were laid on each side, and the spirit God the spirit of God went through these two yeah. things. This is yeah. what would he essentially happen when you yeah. had a covenant: is both parties would walk through these animals that had been split open and halved yeah. and laid aside. But Abraham was over there asleep. Yeah, God basically and made a God covenant did with it himself. all. God initiated the covenant. He put him in a deep sleep, and he himself, which means that we fast forward that new covenant. It's God that puts His spirit. In man, yep. not man that says, well, I got to clean myself up and then I'll be saved or, or something like that. Or for these arrogant people to say, well, God only helps those who help themselves. Well, did you save yourself? Exactly. No. And, and, and again, I think that people that truly believe that, I think it's wrapped up in unregenerate nature. Yeah. I don't think they're saved. Yeah. Or again, at the very least, they're, ignorant of the scriptures. Yeah, either not yeah. saved or they're ignorant of how they were saved. You got something else, Mason? You look at like the parable of the rich fool, you know, Mm. he he says, what must I do to get into heaven? And Jesus says, keep the law. Well, he says, I've never done this, never done this. And then he says, well, then go sell all your things and give to the poor. And he's like, oh. Uh, And and that's where the rubber met the road. Yeah. But if he understood theology, he would know he could do all things through Christ who strengthens him. Oh, Oh, man. Stephen, you can do all things with the verse taken out of context. That's right. Everything. So that rich young ruler, with, isn't that what the parable you're talking pattern. about? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this yeah. segue is just to keep it a guy. Uh, he could have so done it through Christ who strengthens him. He could have. Right? Just like, of course. Just like your favorite football team mm-hmm. can win I can because Christ strengthens them. Your favorite baseball player can hit a home run because it's through Christ who strengthens him. Tim Tebow can get his career back. That's why we you don't can have do any all uh, Christian sports at, you know, leagues because that would be a conundrum. Yeah. Which one's going to yeah. win? Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you haven't yeah. realized so who, it yet, yeah. we are in Philippians 4.13. We've just yeah. transitioned to another one. God helps those who help themselves. Not biblical. Not in the Bible. This I, verse in the Bible taken out of context. Yes. Way out of context. Way yes. Talking about what you talk about way out of context, you're basically looking at an ant with a microscope where you need to be zooming out to look at the whole ant hill while yeah. you're standing in it. Yeah. Like this is the this is the issue here. Like you have so much more that precedes this that tells you what this is all talking about. So, so Philippians four, starting verse ten says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have received your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you have no had no opportunity. Now not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of fancy, or of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
in that you see a lead up of yeah. Paul saying like I have experience being or starving. I have experience being full. I've experienced it all, and God has brought me through every bit of it. It's contentment. Is, it's, it's it's a contentment. Yeah. It's exactly. It's the whole book of Philippians. Yeah. It's, but it's, it's the entire book. It's the whole book. It's like there's a purpose for the whole book. But I'm ready that? to see a t-shirt with that on it. Yeah. All of Philippians. But wasn't this written for Contentment. me? Contentment. Wasn't this verse written for yeah, me? Yeah, well, you could also written go on to the you? next verse. Yeah. Wasn't it written for me? It. it yeah. Yeah. It's it's not written to us. The principle in it is written to us because it's, it's God's word to us. Yeah. But the context of it, when the West has for it, is not for you, and that's yeah. what a lot of the problem is with a lot of these verses. Yeah, we have to remember the Bible's written for us, but it's not written to us. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. are not the audience intended for this letter, but we are the recipients yeah. of it. Right. We we take great truth out of it uh, because of what's in there, but we have to understand who it was to, why it was written. Mm-hmm. You know that uh, the why it was written is a major part of of yeah, understanding absolutely. what what is being said here. Yeah. I could do all things with the verse taken out. <laughs> I can do. Yeah. And, you know, again, uh, we like to take our bits of God when we want them. Yeah. 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 That, that's that's but, our culture. Even even a lot of non-Christians yeah. uh, will we'll pull this scripture like this. I can do, you know. We have our. We, it, it's it's our magic genie God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, so we have, we have our box of Use you Christian. Want you. We have our box of Christian taglines that are just verses that we throw out at people. Like. Uh, uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Oh yeah, that was another. Throw that, one at, throw at, that at people. Yeah. Philippians four thirteen. John three sixteen. We have all these verses that we just want to throw at people. There are little Christian taglines where our God, while our God, our tiny tiny God, sits in a box on the shelf while yeah. waiting for us to pick him up. That's not how it works. Don't all no. of our Christian taglines that we use like that have to do with again me? me. Yes, yeah. it's all about yeah. me. Yeah, that's right? the common that's theme. The, look at, yeah, that is the common theme. Look at Paul's life. Yeah. End of story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. His life was not easy. No. It was no. before he became a Christian. Yeah. He no. had it made. Yeah, dude yeah. was making dude was making hand over basically his, it, like, it, yeah. prior he could yeah. do whatever he wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Through Christ who strengthened him. <laughs> but, he <didn't. laughs> but he was content even in the worst times. I mean, it's hard to be happy in prison. And singing. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And singing, singing praises and singing. and singing. Yeah, but he had the joy of the spirit in him. He we, was he was sharing the gospel with people, seeing Roman soldiers be saved, prisons split open. I mean, a Philippian jailer being what just came out of Philippians. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, there was a church planted based off of these bad things that happened that God used for good. Right, um, Acts 16, I believe it is, is where we see the church of Philippi begin. Yeah. One of those was with the Philippian jailer. One of them was with Lydia, who came down and heard the gospel for the first mm-hmm. time and truly got saved. And then the girl that was uh, the the fortune teller, essentially, that was following Paul, and he finally had enough and said, <laughs> yeah, you need to stop, get out of there. Uh, and then she began following Paul. So the, we see from these bad circumstances Paul here didn't say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. He preached the gospel yeah. Yeah. and was if, faithful. If he believed it the way we believe it, Paul would have taken himself out of jail. Yeah. 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 Paul would have, you yeah. know, the, the man in us would go, no, I'm not, you know, I can do anything through Christ. He would have broken he he the way, on everything. If he took it the way we take it, he, he never would have experienced the things that God put him in to use him to, to have, you know, it, like you said, the plan of this church. We have this text because of all this, mm-hmm. you know. Um, 
God's plans are, are bigger than ours. Yep. Well, God's pretty smart because he didn't give Paul more than he could handle. <sighs> oh, seg- Ooh, this segue batteries is continuing. Um, we're going to have to charge this segue. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it's got plenty of battery. We're yeah. about to roll that segue off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> like the creator of segways did. Did y'all know that? No. I heard the about The guy this. that invented segways, segways. I heard about it. It went off a cliff and he died. Wow. That was a terrible segue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back to our segue. I was, yeah, I wasn't I'm aware kind of that. depressed. So let's, before we <laughs> get into, I want to do an, a quick experiment real quick. Okay. A quick th- oh, thinking process. Not an experiment, but I want us to think about something. Yes, Still early. So thinking is a thought exercise. And this is going to tie into what this next one you're talking about. So in Acts chapter 16, we see Paul and, and Silas in prison, right? Mm-hmm. So... This is what y'all were alluding to. He, they were singing hymns and psalms, and they were rejoicing. They're in prison. Yeah. So now let's imagine that all all of us are. We have this Western mindset. Obviously, we don't. We have a biblical mindset, but let's just assume that we have a Western mindset, and we get thrown into prison because we were preaching the gospel. We're in prison now, so we have this Western mindset. We have the Christian taglines. We would be in there like. Freaking out a little bit, I'm Terrified. sure. Mm-hmm. But then we would say, okay, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can get out of here. I can fight this guy if, he, if I have to. Yeah, I can, I can survive in here through Christ who gives me strength. You yeah. confront a guard, you get put down instantly. That jailer's <laughs> going to beat you over the head. Now, that is taken out of context. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's put it in context. We're in prison We're, for our faith. I yeah. can share my faith with this guard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yes. I am. That's the strength yeah, that he can give. Here's the thing. Here's the crux. Here's the crux. Here's. I am content here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, so the question is. So the next thing is like, what is the? What do prisoners typically ask other prisoners when they see a new face? Do you what are you, you in no. here for? What are you in here for? Oh. What share, you say? What you say? Do you have a shiv? <laughs> no, not that. Not that. <laughs> not that. Maybe not their initial. Or, what, are, what are you I in here for? No. Share the Can I trade a honey bun for some ramen noodles? <laughs> Can I z- Can I trade z- Give me your cornbread. <laughs> <laughs> the cost of ramen bread. noodles done went up. <laughs> yeah, that's twenty eight cents a pack now. But yeah, you're right. right. You're right, Joe. That's that's the the what are you in for? Yeah. And then you have the you have you have the clearest road to just go boom. Yeah. Share, the share the gospel. Share the gospel. You want to hear the gospel? I'm going to bet you God will give you the strength to do that. Oh, absolutely. That's what you do in prison as a Christian. But the overall idea of this story here is. I'm in prison. I'm not going to say I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. From a biblical mindset, I say, you know what? I'm content here because I believe in the sovereignty of God, and I'm going to use this for his glory and not mine. Amen. But that same Western mindset will say, okay, Matt, God won't put more. Finish it. He won't put more on me than I can handle. Wrong. Could get your automaton to be. I think I think it's time, Mason, for your quote. Well, (laughs) Mama's wrong again. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh boy. (sighs) Uh -uh. Wow. Yeah. This is a you know strike three. Cute cute sentiment. Yeah. Yeah. God won't give us more than we can handle. Tell that to Job. Yeah. Yeah. Or Paul. Or Paul. Paul. Just look at Paul. Yeah. Yeah. While everybody's figuring out if they still want to keep listening to us or not, or any first Corinthians ten thirteen. Or you can look at you can even look at Stephen, not our Stephen, but Stephen of the Bible. He was 
he was stoned to death, but before he died, the Lord uh, took him up. He didn't allow him to experience death. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I'm sitting over here. Matt? Are you sure? I don't know what I'm doing. I think doing. he died. He was just standing welcoming him in. Yeah. Yeah. I th- see, yeah, Stephen we- died, but he before okay, he died. Okay, call misconception. Did Stephen die? Yeah. What? No. Yeah, he died. No, no. No. Did you? Did he? No. Because did it not say that he uh, put him to sleep in? Or maybe I'm. Maybe I'm just experienced. Or maybe I, this is one of those things where to I was taught wrong. Seven we go. Acts Act seven. Real quick. Well, well, hold on, Jones, Corinthians. Hold on. Jones again. Mama's wrong again. <laughs> oh, Act Seven. Steven. This is a good episode. This is a good episode. I didn't think I was going to have anything. No. Uh, Goodness, here. This How is, much fun is this? This is fun. I love it. This is awesome. Acts what? Seventy. Yeah. Seven. seven. Acts seven. seven. That's, I knew I was just ten off. <laughs> well, verse sixty. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, "Lord, do not hold this sin against them." And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Oh yeah, so, that's, that's where you oh, get your yeah, misconception. That's, that's what it. He yeah. fell asleep. And, yeah. Th- he so I haven't read this passage in a while. This is pro- I, the last thing I, time I heard this. I was pretty sure I was still young in the faith. So that was probably what I was led yeah. down the wrong path. It's like, oh, he fell asleep. God didn't allow him to die. He just he put him to sleep and then took a spirit. Mm-hmm. No, this is the New Testament way of saying he died. Yeah, he, I mean, he gone. He yeah, gone. Thessalonians. Yeah. Those that have language. fallen yeah. asleep. Yeah. So for those of you who thought yeah. Stephen never actually died, <laughs> guess what he did? And we're always learning. And we're always learning. And Saul <laughs> approved of his sharpened. execution. Saul did approve his execution, a.k.a. Yeah. Paul. That's what we're here for. Iron, iron sharpens, sharpens iron, iron, baby. Right. Yeah. Yep. All right, back to As First Corinthians, was it? First Corinthians 10, 13. Uh, 10. Yep. Matt, why don't you read that one for us, Bubba? No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. With temptations... Like so, white glove, sorry. The, <laughs> the temptations. No, I don't know. <laughs> He's gonna sit down. The temptations. You're like that joke really took the sunshine out of the room. <laughs> yeah. Took, it took well, the, the light bat- was going out while it goes. It took, the, it took the battery out of our segue. You are the sunshine of my life. Sorry, we get song lyrics yeah. stuck in our head. <laughs> Most of the time, it's the opposite of what somebody else was thinking. Anyway. Yeah, so this this is again a it, yeah it's in the it's it's taken from scripture, right? This idea that God won't give us more than we can handle, but it's clearly misrepresented scripture when we when we look at it. Yeah, yeah. They take an idea and they run with it. People do that, yeah. and and let's be clear here: it's because we're fallen people and we like to make things palatable for us, mm-hmm. right? So we want to th- say that God won't put more on us than we can handle. Then why are people falling apart left yeah. and right? Yeah. 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 It, it, this, is, this is, again, a situation where we uh, – it's a good sentiment. It's, it's nice to hear, right? It's easy to repeat. But it's not what the Scripture says. Mm-hmm. And yeah. – and, it's so easy to remember. It's so it, it, it is so proliferated in society. This is out there everywhere. We've heard this a billion times. It it if it's easy to, to believe, like you, you just yeah. you know it's it's if you haven't yeah. spent the time in the word, and and there's the problem, right? Yeah. And this is with all of these. We can, when we come around to to summarize all this, 
we're not in the word, truly seeing what it says. I mean, when you when you get yeah. in here and read, you go, oh, I took that wrong before. Yeah. Oh, when I was growing up, I was taught that wrong. Oh, David cut his head off and carried it around. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that bits and pieces that were left out in children's church. And unfortunately, yeah. so many of us don't get past the children's church. Um, mm. They take the depth easy, of the Bible because yeah, we, easy ones. Well, yeah, because now I, I know that I don't, I don't need to look into it because I know that from when I was a kid. Yeah. So you're, you're carrying on this wrong understanding through your whole life. And then what happens? We, we have difficulty challenging what we believe because mm-hmm. you know we like our traditions, we like our beliefs. Then when somebody comes along and challenges what we believe, instead of going to the Word and seeing what it actually says, often we just put up a fence and say, well, mm-hmm. I don't like that preacher. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that podcast. I don't like that, you know. And it's a miserable way of Show comfort. me in the Scripture, yeah. you know. Well, because you'll often hear preachers just yell that when they're calling for people to come to Christ. You know, come to Christ. He won't give you more than you can handle. Well, then you open Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. We don't want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, of our affliction that took place in Asia. We were completely overwhelmed beyond our strength so that we even despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received a sentence of death so that we would not trust in ourselves, but God who raises the dead. That's pretty strong. That's pretty strong language. Verse 10, though, he delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver, you know. You can use Jesus' own words in Matthew chapter ten. Brother, brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father his child, and child will raise uh, against his parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. The one who endures. This is not a. This is not a statement of oh, this is easy. This is going to be one who endures. This is one who will. Or persevere through to the end, through the hard times, through the easy times. It's it's a person who doesn't rely on their own strength, but absolutely takes comfort in the strength of God. That's so. So let's be clear, believer. You will experience very difficult times. Mm -hmm. You do not tell people that you that it's a false. It's a false hope. Oh, it's just a false hope, and it's a miserable. Way of comfort, we yeah, it's a false in oath. the moment. Yeah, let's just call it what it is. It's a lie. It's yeah. a lie. Like, even even if you don't know it to be true, it's a lie by omission. Then it's still a lie. Like anything that's not true is a lie. And we hear, we see the truth in Scripture. It's yeah. a flat out lie. Just for like, and so preachers, if you're preaching mm. from the pulpit that God cannot give you more than you can handle, will not give you more than you can handle, you are lying to your congregation. Yeah. And you need and to you, repent. You one, you need to repent, but you will be judged harshly for this. Yeah. Ryan, let me ask you this. Somebody comes to the Christ or maybe in maybe somebody is teaching somebody about Christ, maybe they're not a believer yet. Uh, maybe they do the whole rigmarole, I call it that, you know, repeat the prayer, do sure. these things. And their life doesn't get any better, but this preacher told her or him that God won't put more on you than you can bear, but then this person falls apart. Nothing gets better in their life. They they lose their home. They lose their child, essentially, maybe. They lose uh, a, a marriage is broken up, whatever the case may be, right? They suffer in great ways, but they always remember that preacher told them, yeah. God will never put more on me than I can bear. I can't bear this. Mm-hmm. God is a liar, and that preacher is a liar. Yep. 
What is that doing for the glory of God when people say that? Nothing, sure because no number one, wedge. Joe, you just said it was a, they're lying. Yes. And you said, Ryan, they need to repent. Yes. Preachers that say that or anybody that says yeah. that, whether yes. they're preachers or not, it's because it's false. Because we see that we are going to be tempted. Mm-hmm. We're going to be tempted beyond what we can even bear ourselves at times. Yep. And, and that's the thing. This scripture talks about being tempted. And then they, uh, this idea comes from the scripture that you won't have anything on you than you can bear. And y'all have already said, look at Job, look at Paul, yeah. look at look at every example we have in the scriptures. Look at Peter crucified so, upside down. So look at Jesus in the time in the desert uh, of during his fasting, forty days, whenever he was tempted by he the was devil. Tempted. He was tempted by the devil. And imagine being fasting for forty days. You have not eaten hardly anything, hiding your hair, and you're said or you're told, hey, if you just turn this rock into bread and eat it, you're all good. And I'm like, Mm-mm. I couldn't say no to that. I couldn't say no to that if I had Jesus' abilities. I'd be like, mm, bread. Well, what was Jesus' out? What was his escape? Why did he not give in? Because man cannot live on bread alone. Well, it was his divinity. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the divinity side of Christ. We know him to be fully man, fully God. Yes. So that divinity would not let him give in to that temptation. So yes. there we have this principle, this idea. Once we're tempted, once we life is just caving in on us, our, our escape, our run-to is Christ. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's the Word of God. It's giving God glory through all things. It's Philippians 4.13 in action here, being content in all things. The real use of that passage. So let me ask you this. I like how he raised his head. <laughs> <laughs> the believers sitting at this table, have you experienced extremely difficult times? After salvation, very much so. Yeah. I would say the most difficult yeah. times. Yeah, because now we you're, are. Because now you're you, you you're you're not only held to a standard, you're aware of the standard. You're aware, so you're, you're so aware you're of trying, the standard. So you yeah. know what you've done. So you're trying yeah. to live up to the standard the best you know how. Granted, we will all fall and we will all make mistakes and we will not live up to standard. All man is uh, fallen or yeah, fallen short of the Lord God. Convicted now, but you're convicted now. Yeah. Yeah. So Oof. like life change, the change of lifestyle was very radical and very hard. Uh, to make decisions that were not of the same decisions I would have made the yeah. yet, the day before, and, and don't get me wrong, I still make those stupid decisions yes, every day. We all do. You know, it's the conviction. I, yeah, we're not we're not sin, we're, exactly. we're not sinless over here. We just sin less. Yeah, that's true. So this idea that people put in people's minds that God will not give them more than they can handle paints this picture of living that God doesn't want you to experience evil he wants you to be prosperous and a life of welfare well doesn't he plan to prosper you and not to harm you (laughs) that's what i'm thinking jeremiah 29 it looks like the battery's still one thought yeah before we go there (laughs) what does this idea this idea is out there in culture like that christians um don't have you know they have they don't have to worry about stuff because god's got them right then people come to a church and they see and hear real lives, real experiences in that church. They see broken people. They see sinners that are, you know, saved, but but still here, still sinning, still doing, being you know, sanctified. being sanctified, still failing. And so when they when they come in and they have this idea so firmly implanted, and then they see these people, they go, "Well, I don't want any part of that." Yeah, I don't. You know, they're expecting a perfect they're church. Expecting perfection, and when they don't see it, they they discount 
all of God. Yeah. I mean, if true, church and is truly dangerous, all this, we wouldn't have dangerous. prayer requests. Yeah. Why would we true. have prayer requests? We wouldn't need to pray. No. Well, we would pray without prayer requests. We would never take them. We would never need them. You see how easy it is for people to, to manipulate something so simple that can just devastate. It's, it's the facade that's been put up for so long because we see, like, let's take social media, for example, just kind of as an like as a showing of this. Uh, when you look on Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff, you see the best of the world. Well, here's the thing. Whatever, it's curated lives. It curated lives. And that's what the church has done to itself. It's shown a curated life of perfection, and it's not true. Um, Billy Graham and how great he was. Yes. Yeah. Like you saw the greatness of Billy Graham on TV and all and everything else he did and all the, you hear stories about the way he lived his life outside. He still dealt with problems. Absolutely. He just like, he's not God. He does. He's not Jesus. He didn't live sinlessly. He didn't live without problem. He like he, but he made certain things the way they were, like especially when he traveled around doing uh, different d- different things, he made sure he put up safeguards to make sure he didn't deal with certain things, like people coming out of nowhere and trying to harass him and whatnot, or to put him into a form of temptation. He made he took steps to protect but, himself, yeah. because think, he knew that he knew the issues of the world. I, I think it's super important. And I know in this setting, we definitely have been doing this a bit. Um, and I, I think we should. And, and those that are listening, I think you should too. In, in church, you know, recognize your failures. Yes. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't try to pretend. Don't be fake and, and roll into church and think everything's hunky dory. And, yeah. and I don't have to talk about my failures. And, and be real. Be real. Get, it's okay get, to tell your get pastor. To know, yeah. I'm not okay. Yeah. I, if, when, I'm not okay. I struggled with this. Help me. Work through this. That's the purpose of church, right? That's the purpose of coming together as a congregation mm-hmm. is having other people that we can lean on, having other people that we can that can hold us accountable yeah, to be sharpened, and be sharpened. And, and when we have this, you know, everything's fine. This uh, what's the movie where uh, is it? I don't. Know. I hate to go there, uh, the, but but the, everything's fine, and we we we, we, we don't the, let anybody see any of our dirty dark secrets. The dog in the burning house. It's fine. It's yeah, fine. it's fine. Everything's good. Everything's good in this church. Everything's perfect here. I can't come, help but come think of the no, it's not. Lego movie. Everything is awesome. Everything is awesome. <laughs> That's what I went to. And social media has helped. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The yeah. church create that yeah. Yeah. too. Well, it, we're talking about these misconceptions, but if you were to really drill down into these things, although they've been wrong... And I hope we've started to kind of expound and explain why they're, some of these are wrong, and we're going to continue. But if you if you look, there is no consistency with it. Because if you think about it, God only helps those who help themselves. Well, that's a, I have to do. Yeah. And then you're like... But he won't put it in... Well, God won't put more on you than you can handle. <laughs> so it's like, this is inconsistent. Yeah. So if, when there's inconsistencies there... It can't be of God because that leads to chaos and confusion, and we know the Bible says He's yeah. not a God of confusion and chaos. But these are our little Christian taglines we throw out at people, just so that way. Coffee cup verses, yeah, coffee cup makes verses. us feel good about ourselves. Yeah. It's yeah. the motivation we need to that, get us started. That good old care bear theology, yeah, or something we tell people when we're really not listening. When, hey, when we yeah. when we scroll through Facebook and we see a sunset with this message written on it it's oh. pretty and it makes us happy and we can start our day yeah yep. and <laughs> god won't put anything on me that i can bear because he wants me to live a proper prosperous life mason what's jeremiah twenty nine eleven say 
he was a bullfrog. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> different Jeremiah. Well done. Totally Jeremiah different Jeremiah. Was well a done. Did that bullfrog Ow. experience but He, he was a good friend of mine. <laughs> it says in 29.11, For I know the plans I have for you. For the This is the Lord's... Yeah, I'm reading that right. This is the Lord's declaration. Plans for your well-being, not for disaster, to give you a future mm-hmm. and a hope. This means he won't. Man, he won't. Well, he's got. There's all, never going to be difficult. I got. I got that. I got that Maserati that's coming to me. Yeah. I got that million dollar house that's coming to me. I got broken that raise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This. Uh, this. This. I like. This is the CSB, isn't it? Yes, sir. Re- read that again in there. I like the way it. I like the way it translates that. For I know the plans I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration: plans for your well-being, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Well-being. Didn't say a word about my bank account. Yeah, not Man. a word about my bank account. Some well, are, some scriptures they <laughs> say prosperous. Well, the ESV says plans for welfare. Welfare. That's a whether that's a health thing. Uh, yeah, money thing. Wealth thing. It's a, a lot of prosperity gospel health stuff has come out of this. But a lot of people say, well, God only wants good for me. I, I'm supposed to be prosperous and, and have good health and all of these things, and, and there's not supposed to be any suffering, any yeah. any bad things. And, and, he's yeah. not and put then they go to the me. doctor and they get a cancer. Yeah. yeah. Well, what about God? That's real. To me. Well, here's the problem. We got to talk about this one word again. Starts with a C. Coffee. No. Ooh, <laughs> loads of that. That's <laughs> we need that all the time. But context. Context. Ryan, Ryan context you're, you're in key. real estate. What is the, what is the motto there? Starts with an L. They say it three times. Luxury. Lo- no. Location. 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 So when we read the Bible, folks. More coffee, Ryan. More coffee. Coffee, coffee, coffee. I haven't had enough coffee today. Denim, denim, denim. So, folks. When you. He had to throw away the mic. Sorry. He gave up. I'm done. <laughs> that was an off an off mic uh, a joke. That uh, was someone's got to tell the joke now, but now we have to tell the joke. So, <laughs> okay. so proceed with your joke, sir. Okay. What Go. is Mario's favorite pants? <laughs> denim, 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 denim. Wow. So back to this episode. Back to location, location, location in real estate, folks. When you read your Bible, context, context, context. Yep. We have to know the context. Well, God is not talking to us here. What is yeah? What is context? Well, it's who it was written to, to, what it was written about, what you know, what the outcome is supposed to be out of that. You, you can't just take the scripture and pull it out of its context you and don't, it keep its meaning. Yeah, it's you still, don't have to go still, back very far on this one neither. You really it's don't. Verse it's, one. It's yeah. still location, location, location. This verse is found in Jeremiah. Jeremiah has its own context and it's found in certain ways. So it's still location, location, location so, for Ryan. But if you know anything about Jeremiah. Let's take this. Let's, let's, I'm going to read it out of the ESV. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and, and a, a hope. hope. Uh, now, um, we've already stated that this is for Jeremiah in this context. This yeah. is not for us. Yeah. But if you know anything about Jeremiah, do you know what he's called? The weeping prophet. The weeping <laughs> the prophet. Bullfrog. Yeah. The bullfrog. Yeah. The weeping bullfrog. <laughs> the we. <laughs> We are on one today. Why is he called the weeping bullfrog? Because he was. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out he's not. I, I thought that was on purpose. Everything now. I Take- thought that was on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I did too. <laughs> I'm like a bullfrog. <laughs> so, why okay. called, so why is he called the weeping prophet? <laughs> because he was full of despair. Yeah, yeah. he was Absolutely. full of. He was depressed. Yeah. He was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, what at, what at is the opposite he, of hope? Yeah. yeah. At times he had none. Uh, he, 
Yes. <laughs> yes, Ryan. Yes, Ryan. We acknowledge your hand raised. We, we did an episode riddled with despair. Yeah. Depression. We did. It, well, and abortion. We still struggle. Yeah. Yeah. Believer. Yeah. You're going to struggle. Believer. How encouraging, How encouraging that there are biblical characters, there are people that we can look at, and Jeremiah is one of them. I, I think you could call that depression. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yes. The weeping. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's depression. That's what, you know, we've given it a term. Life's tough. Yeah. But it speaks read, of read this your hope, Bible. Mm-hmm. Right? Read your Bible. What is the hope? What is to give you a future and a hope? Christ. Hope. hope. Eternal life. Eternal life mm-hmm. through Christ. And, and, and let's just be honest. Sometimes if we're going to be dead honest, even as believers yes. that try to read the Bible in context, sometimes in our lives we feel hopeless. But thank God we're reminded of the scriptures. We're reminded that we do have a hope in Christ yep. because we believe that he came, that he died, he rose again. Mm-hmm. And that those that have repented of their sin and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ will one day receive that eternal life with him. Right? And and sometimes we can get full of despair. Yeah. We can get, we can get, uh, man, let me book recommendation here. Uh-oh. Read the Pilgrim's Progress. Yeah. Wonderful book by John Bunyan, uh, written from prison when he was in prison, as a matter of fact. Wonderful book, has stood the test of time. Um, I, I feel like giving one away. Oh, we ain't done a giveaway in a minute. Man. Yeah. So yeah. anybody that's here that says, I want the Pilgrim's Progress, let us know and we'll choose a winner. Uh, if not, I'll buy it and give it to one of these guys. Um, wonderful book. It even has a cartoon movie, I think, on Amazon Prime. Read the book, though. Uh, the book is beautiful. The movie's great. Um, Do but, they go in line with each other? Huh? Do they, they go line up pretty well? They line up pretty okay. well, it's, yeah. It's yeah. it's a really good... Uh, Keith and Kristen Getty are on it. It's a solid, solid little movie. Uh, but the book is awesome. Never mind, never mind. <laughs> What? I was wondering who you just said, and I remembered who they were. Okay. Well, she is the narrator in the beginning with her Irish accent or whatever they are. Anyway, uh, he goes through despair and, and despondency and all these things, and, and it's just part of life. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So we're not promised a wonderful, cushy Christian life, and uh, we're not promised to be healthy and wealthy and prosperous. Our hope is not in this world. No. You know? Not at all. Yes, Ryan. Ryan. Yes, Ryan. We can experience health and wealth and prosperity as a believer. And let's that's not, okay. Let's not confuse that every time yeah. with just blessing, and that is what God is going to give us all the time. Sometimes he does. Sometimes he yeah. does. And blessings take shape or take different forms. Yes, they could be. Not every time. No. They can, they, excessive they can, debt blessing. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> No. Right. No, yeah. they can. And a blessing can show up in a word of encouragement. Sure. It can show up in prison. A, uh, it can show up in prison. It can show up in many different forms. It's not. Con, it's not confined to money or. Oh man, I'm really healthy today. Yeah. I feel it, real good. It can, My it can be our friendships. It can be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There are things in this world that that we can definitely experience. Yeah. yeah. Those blessings. But this is referring to. A far greater hope than yes. the, than the hope that I'm going to have uh, good friends around me and good meals and, and maybe something nice to drive. This and, is not. And do you know where you can experience a sliver of that hope at church? Because we yeah. get we get a small example. Well, you know what, we get a small example in the body of Christ on every Sunday morning. We get a small example of it. 
I don't know, man. We've got six people here. Uh, I think God's here, and we've uh, a. We got two. There's at least two. two or more gathered. At least two. I hear this one probably more than most. Where two or three are gathered. Was that Matthew eighteen? Oh yeah, eighteen twenty. Discipline time. Yeah, about to say. Hey, we get to go over this in a couple weeks. Yeah, we do. How many of you listening have ever heard where two or more are gathered, there he will be in their midst? Or said. Raise your hand. Yeah. Or what? Or, or said. said it. Yeah. 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 Raise, if you're raise, driving, keep both hands hey, on the wheel, please. Well, here. Hey, I see that hand. I'm not, I, ra- I, I'm I, not raising my hand to ask a question. Or yeah. Oof, just I, so I, this is, I used uh, to say it. Yeah, this is yeah. Arkansas, right? Yeah. right? So when we go to the deer woods... And, and a couple guys, you know, are gathered. Hold up. We could feel better about not going to Justin, church that yeah, yeah, yeah. Justin, Justin, <laughs> Whoa, that's, I, I, I'm fixing to distance myself for you because now you're messing with an idol. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're okay. messing with a big idol in the south. Yeah, now Those deer woods. Those deer woods. Uh, you can miss on Sunday. As long as there's a couple of you gathered, you can have church at your deer camp and you're okay. Let me say this real quick. We, <laughs> we got some guys. We got some guys in our church. And I'll never forget, one of them told me just the other day, or last deer season that just ended a few months ago, I said, man, I didn't think you'd be here this weekend. You was going deer hunting. His exact words, he says, well, I got a pastor that tells me that I shouldn't neglect the gathering of the saints, that I should be in church on Sunday, so we came back. Yeah. And I thought, praise God. I got chill bumps thinking about it, boy. And these men, they'll go hunting, and they may miss a Sunday every now and then. But yeah. most of these guys find churches wherever they're at. Sure. Yeah. But the guys in, in our church, and I'm not just trying to puff up our church, yeah, right? That's not what I'm doing here. I'm trying to, I'm just showing the, uh, that the, some, the some people outlook can take is, this outlook yeah. of, you know, God doesn't care if I'm gone. Where long your priorities as two or three at. are gathered, yeah. you know, and, there and, he is in the midst. He's with me in the deer stand. Yeah. In the South, it's more of a, it's an expectation essentially at churches for people to miss when, like opening day of deer season. It's like, well, we're going to be low today. It's open day of deer season. Yeah. And then deer season, we have some of the best attendance. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy because they come back. <laughs> yeah. For church. It's amazing the, how the, the word of God can penetrate somebody's heart and yeah. their life. Well, it has to and be preached too. Yeah. That's the key. Nah, and that's nah, just. It matters. And it, so, but the preacher is not the one that changes the heart. So exactly. it's God. Right? It's God. It's, God will build his church. Thus saith the Lord, and then God will do what he does in people's hearts. So, yep. so we, the Lord is to get all the glory from this. And that statement that fella made on the porch of the night, man, it was just a beautiful thing. Yeah. It just took me back. I was like, man, this is awesome. Yeah. We, uh, but we, you're right. We've harped on context here a little bit. So what is the actual context of where this is coming from, where, where people are? Who wants to take that one while I fill up my coffee cup? Ooh. I'll do it uh, if you fill up mine too. All right then. Thank you, Sora. Would you, brother? Thank you. Main context: of This is restoring a brother. Yep. It, this is a big on church discipline. Yep. Yeah. What is the what verse are we? Where are we uh, at here? Where I think are, the main one's twenty. Twenty. It says for where yeah. two or three are gathered. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the tail end of this yeah. of this section of thought. Which kind of goes with what we did with Philippians four thirteen. Yeah. It's at the very end. You got to yeah. read the whole thing. It says if your brother sins against you. Go tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. But if he does, won't listen, take one or two others with you so that by the testimony of two or three witnesses, every fact may be established. If he doesn't pay attention to them, tell the church. If he doesn't pay attention to even the church, let him be like a Gentile and tax collector to you. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will have been loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you, if two or three on earth agree... About any matter that you pray for, it will be done for you 
by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there among them. So if I'm sitting in my deer stand by myself, God's not there? <laughs> no, God's there because he's omnipresent, but he is not. That's not what this verse is talking yeah. about. Yeah. That, I was being yeah, a you, bit you're being facetious. facetious. A little facetious. Yeah. That's... Yeah, so there's one way that this that the way that this has been taken is false. There's one. Yes. There's the start first way, because yeah. uh, it doesn't take two to be there. If no. if you are a Christian, you have Christ you are living inside of you yeah. with the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Yeah, it doesn't take two. Just takes you. Yeah. So that's that's. I like how you made that round. Yeah, <laughs> you can do it every time. Uh, <laughs> so that's that's part A. Yeah. Of of the problem here is like, well, okay, so the the thought the. The idea that we've yeah. given to this or the culture is given to the scripture is false because of a one person can, you know, God is, is there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it scared me more than anything. Let's, okay. let's be clear. So what God, else would, like you said, he's omnipresent. Yeah. God is Joe, yeah. everywhere. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So what else? Uh, and that's not the only way that this is sure. false. Yes, yeah. this this false this passage being taken out of context is a myriad of problems. Like the fact that the idea of two or three are gathered in my name, uh, in my name, there I am among them. Like, well, you're you're missing beforehand talking about church discipline. Yeah, and you know um, the principle of this is we've just said it, he's omnipresent. Yeah, but taking scripture out of context. Is not it's dangerous. The best thing to do because we have to understand. And here's the big part, big thing: there are a lot of churches in this world that we have said the words church discipline. And they have no, no clue what that means. Because there are I churches many years as a Christian don't before I ever heard yeah. that. Term. I never heard it till I came to this church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and it, it's just it, it's holding each other accountable. Yeah. It's yeah. part of maintaining what a healthy is. church. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's part yeah. parcel with. Well, this this is a. I was going to say a twofer, but there's like three or four other things to tie into this. But yeah. there's another misconception that's a, a scripture out of context situation. Are you about to go Matthew seven one, which I have open right now? I was about Possibly. To. Read Matthew seven. Go ahead. Well, I was telling you, y'all are sounding kind of judgy. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this no. may be where I was headed with this, right, Matt? You go for it. Shouldn't judge not, unless you be judged yourself. Yeah. He went king. Only James God. On only God me, can judge you. Now. Let me tell you something. <laughs> wow. If you're in a denim, church, denim, denim. I brought Yahweh. Now I'm going yeah. King James. You don't know where I'm going next. <laughs> if, if you're He's in a, a shaking and a bacon, if you're in a church and it's okay in that church to have this idea that we don't judge each other, you're in the wrong place. Get yeah. out. Yeah. Run yeah. from that church. Yeah. Because if you are a Christian in a church, you should be judged by your peers. Yeah. yeah. But judged rightly. Yes. It's you should not. be judged by the standard set right here. Yeah. And and we should and, correct each other and when not we, my when standard in sin. Because we all have our own standards, yeah. but do our standards line up with yeah. the standards of the Bible? And and you you should both give and receive yes. that yep. correction. Are Absolutely. we moving now from No, but this no, is we, we'll, this we'll combines get, all of oh, this. Yeah. There's finish somebody in, in this verse. We'll get there. Uh, you got to the cliff too early. Yeah. That but but it ties in perfectly to this yeah. because because yeah. you've got that. Um, also, we've got the if uh, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it'll be done. We can go back to the one we've already talked about with prosperity and what that means. And that doesn't that doesn't mean that if three of us are here, and we decide that we need a jet for our church. That if we pray about it, we're going to get it. Yeah. Or as cool as that would be, I like jets. That's not what that text says. Yeah. But anyway, so there, there's so many in this scripture that things that get pulled out and parceled out yep. out of context that get 
Just every single ruined. one, though, is based in context. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No. The fall of every single one of these. Yeah. 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 Because the moment you start reading it within its correct context, where, it was, where the thought that it's supposed to be a part of, it falls apart instantly. Yeah. Yeah. Or lack of reading for the ones that aren't even in there. Yeah. True. I, I was about to say, yeah, there was one that doesn't have context because it's not in there. No, it's not there. Yeah. yeah. It's just assumed. <laughs> it's not there. It's just uh, assumed. Just like another one, we don't have to get on this one, but cleanliness is next to godliness. Yeah. That's not in there either. There's these ideas of being clean, right? Yeah. In the Old Testament, being laws, cleansed. But, yeah. Being cleansed. There's, yeah. But anyway, back to this one. Um, yeah, I, I think it's important to be in context. Yeah. And, and and again, somebody may be like, what is church discipline? Well, I think we should do a whole episode on church discipline yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I think no it'd be important to, essentially, church discipline is holding one another accountable. Yeah. Um, guarding the table when it comes yes. to the Lord's yep. Supper. Um, doing all these things to see brothers and sisters come out of unrepentant sin yep. and be in right standing with the church and before God, more importantly, and be restored to him and reconciled. Right. Um, so, yeah. And, and that, those are all important reasons to be yeah. in church. Yep. And yes. there's an order of those steps, too. There's an order of them. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Because uh, I got skipped on steps one, two, and three. Yeah. We, <laughs> went, <laughs> straight to, <laughs> we went straight to four. Excommunication, yeah. which is, in my yeah. opinion, the way I re- – and we'll get into this in that episode – I personally think the excommunication is an excommunication of the membership status. I don't think that means yeah. kick the person out completely yeah. because that person then won't. I mean, the likelihood of a person not coming when it gets to that stage of church discipline, they may not come back until yeah. God really brings them back. But if they do, there's no sense in kicking a person out that yeah, needs that to needs hear to the gospel. Yeah. You yeah. consider them an unbeliever. Yeah, because yeah, one more reason right? we preach the gospel right. every time you don't, the you, door's open. Yeah, you don't you don't fellowship with them like a believer. You treat them as an unbeliever, and your conversations revolve around the gospel. Yeah, because let's let's read uh, yeah, verse seven. Let's yeah. read verse seventeen within the context of the people this was written or this was given to. So if he refused to listen to them. Tell uh, tell it to the church, and if he refused to listen even to the church, let him be as a Gentile and a tax collector to you. This was given as as a statement by Jesus to the Jewish people. Yeah. The Jewish people would have understood this and being, oh, they're not one of us. In other words, they're not a believer. If we were to yeah. take this within, to talk about a church, yeah. within church discipline, then we are to treat them as an unbeliever, not a part of us. Because yeah. Gentiles and tax collectors, Gentiles clearly are not yeah. a part of the Jewish people, they're but saying- even... Take, take that Jew and yeah. treat them as a Gentile. Yeah, yep. but even tax collectors are still. Most of them were Jewish, but they were treated as outcasts because yeah. they were the worst of the worst. They were, they were traitors yeah. to their own people, so they were treated mm-hmm. as Gentiles. So this is basically saying, for that person who is not repenting of their sin, treat them as a Gentile. Do they are not among? They are not a part of you. That does not mean kick them out. That does not mean do that. Yeah. As a church, what we are called them to do is to continue to call them to repentance. Absolutely. To, to Bring them back into the fold to it, bring, to graft them back into the family. It's saying if a person is completely acting like they're not a believer, treat them as such. Believe them, yeah, that they're not, and treat them as not. And what do you do? What are we called to do with non-believers? Share the gospel. Share the gospel. Hammer down. I yeah. mean, just yeah. you know. <laughs> so I I was filling up your coffee cup. I don't know if you said this or not, Mason, but with that two or three, where two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst. Also, it's a this is where the leadership of the church is in agreement. Then if it's biblical, there he is also. We stand in agreement with the Lord. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right? And this he's is in not agreement about with us, his essentially. Presence. Yeah. yeah. It's this not about, his, about presence. his presence. Because we know he's omnipresent. Yeah. Yeah. He's there. always present. It's, it, it's about understanding, you know, that he is, uh, that when two or three are in agreement, it's because the church is acting in mm. the will of God. 
Yeah. Because how hard is it to get two or three people just to agree in general? It's very hard. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. especially when you're dealing with a, a some sort of situation yeah. that yeah. that a grievous sin is involved. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. Um. So when they're in agreement, they're in agreement because they're in agreement with God. Right, right, because they're they're in the scripture and they're praying and they're yeah. you know. So Matthew seven. They're doing his his will. Yeah. How long have we been going now? Hour. Hour and twelve minutes. Atta boy. This is a good one. So, so the question is do we wanna coach? do we wanna break it here and have a part two that we'll do later down the road? We may have to. We've got a lot to cover. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so for those of you listening, yeah. in the comments, YouTube yeah. or Facebook, doesn't matter. In the comments, write down other misconceptions that we have not covered. Yeah. Like, give us other more. scriptures out and of we'll context. Co- we'll cover those. Other, other, uh, other, other ideas other that are not scriptural. Yeah, yeah, or that we've been told that are scriptural that, yeah. or something that you've believed for a long time. I'll, I'll, Put in the comments. I want to throw one out there because this is okay. a post that was made. This is we're, we're recording this just shortly after Easter, and this was a, a post that was made by an acquaintance of mine on on Facebook. It says, "Whether you went to church today or not, whether you believe in the Lord or not, He is risen." Good with that. Amen, brother. Amen. The next statement is where we have an issue. You don't have to go to church to believe in the Lord. Okay, that's that's true, but the opposite is not true. That you that if you believe in the Lord, you don't have to go to church. We'll get there. Uh, you don't have to prove your worth once a year by going to church. He knows if you believe or not. Just here to say that. And this, this got uh, currently 225 people have thumbs up or hearted this. Ooh. And twelve. there are 12 comments of amen and preach. That's a lot of people in the deer woods. That's a, lo- that's a lot of <laughs> they can't Look, They can't see the trees through yeah. the forest. And, and we can do an entire podcast, honestly, in this, mm-hmm. this idea that yeah. it's okay to, to, to not gather. Uh, there's a lot of half-truths in there, which makes oh, a whole lot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yep. Well, a half truth is a whole lie. Mm-hmm. That's why I said that. Yep. <laughs> this is don't judge you know, him. We have yeah. <laughs> no judgment over here. So again, there there are so many. Lest ye be judged. There are so many misconceived <laughs> notions of, of what the Bible says yep. that the Bible doesn't say. What and then we can look at what the Bible does say that people say it doesn't say. And I mean, there's so many different areas that we can dive off into. Well, that, like I said, we're definitely going to need to uh, come back around and, and revisit this uh, with, with the suggestions of the audience. Yeah. So again, audience get in the comments, yeah. give us suggestions for other, we have to do the like and subscribe thing, uh, like comment, subscribe, uh, comment. No, for a real comment. <laughs> yeah, let, yeah, comment if if you've heard things that we haven't covered, Throw them in there so that we can dive or, into them. Or if you disagree with us for some yeah, reason yeah, or sure, another, tell sure. us why you disagree. If you can back it up scripturally, we'll have a discussion about it. Sure. I just realized we should all be joining Planet Fitness because it is a judgment-free zone. Judge yes, judgment-free zone. Oh, except if you lift big weights. If, or you, yeah, if, you, if, you, grunt, lift, if you happen to if lift you grunt with all the weights. If you make any yeah. noise, yeah. you go. If you grunt or drop the weights. I almost got kicked Yeah, they have a siren. The lunk alarm. The lunk alarm. I don't know if they do it this one here. That's called judging. yeah, they do. That is judging. That's judging. Listen. This is the same. I... Whenever you get dumbbells and you're bench pressing or you're dumbbell pressing those, when you get down, you're going to make a noise. You need to drop them. Yeah, like, there's no sense in straining your back or hurting yourself, or, yeah. or when yeah, you're you, lifting heavy weights, you're going to make a noise. You're well, gonna, but they they believe you should use the machines. And not, oh yeah, yeah, yeah use the machines. So, I don't even think this one we, here has free weights we, anymore. Yeah, probably not. It doesn't. I don't think so. They used to have little dumbbells, but they only went up to like fifty pounds. I was going to join, but I was like, "There's no free weights here." No. I'm out. That's a yeah. See ya.
Anyway, <laughs> if your gym is bringing you pizza, you're at the wrong. Gym. You're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, you're at the so wrong gym. I, I, next time we do this, I want to cover the phrase "Not today, Satan." Oh <laughs> man, let's not invoke the name yeah. of Satan. Yeah, so let's throw that in there. Any any of these uh, these sayings or these like these, bumper sticker these things? cute bumper yeah. sticker ideas. Yeah. Throw them yeah. in those comments, and, and we'll try to we'll try to tackle all. You know of those. what really oh, messes people up there? Satan is not omniscient like God is. No. Yeah. And should we be talking to Satan? Yeah, should we be invoking the get, name of Satan? Get behind yeah. me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. So we're going to talk about that, I too. don't want Satan behind me, in front of me, around. I don't want him near me. Go away. I want to talk about this, too. Judas 8, 2. Yeah, oh, we'll yeah, talk about yeah. that. Yeah. That's yeah. a big thing going yeah, around right now. We, new, we, we had a conversation one. about this, the, the, the painting of the, or the picture of the Lord's Supper, and it was... Uh, was that me and you? No, that was not you no, and I. I don't know who that was that I had a conversation with, but he was what washing the feet of... Several groups of individuals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I, I can assure you, yeah, Jesus was yes. not watching I'm sorry, the feet Dustin. Up. That was you and I. <laughs> <laughs> Matt was thinking of a different conversation, apparently. It's Jason today. <laughs> oh, Jason. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of things like that that we need to really talk about yep. because there's a lot of misconceptions and a lot of people that have been hoodwinked because they believe it. Oh, another one. Ooh. Right. Write it down. Write it down. Uh, I'm going to write it down so I don't forget. <laughs> Y'all don't y'all y'all don't forget to remind me that I wrote it down. Take okay. a picture of it and send it so. our message. <laughs> yeah. Um that anybody that commits suicide goes to hell. Yes. Oh man, yeah. We need to talk about that. Yeah. Uh I believed that for a long time. I'll just tell you right now I don't. But we can get into that from mm-hmm. a yeah. biblical perspective next time. Yep. Uh anyway, we're not gonna sit here and brainstorm and have a production meeting right here on <laughs> uh, in the middle of an episode. What, it, we're, it's time to go to the gym and eat pizza. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Has anybody uh, got any final thoughts? I just, I really hope that this has been beneficial just, yeah. you know, to, to those that are listening and, 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 you know, share your thoughts with us. Let us yep. know if you enjoyed this episode. Let us know what other things we can tackle. <laughs> yes, Ryan. But most importantly, <laughs> read your Bible. Read your Bible. Repent and believe the gospel. Well, are we, did you finish your thought? Yeah. yeah. Why did I say that? That's why, that's why I, I tossed it. I was going to oh, repent. That's why I tossed it. Tossed it to, to, to the heartbeat. To Ryan. This guy is always going to remind folks. Don't I promise forget. you, Ryan Ivy will remind you to read your Bible. Yes. This episode. And I'm going to watch the episode so I remind myself to read my Bible. Brought to you by the heartbeat of the Japan. Heartbeat of Japan. <laughs> the heartbeat of Japan. <laughs> the 1985 <laughs> Honda Accord. <laughs> this no is Andrew and the rest of the gang signing off.